What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I've got a special podcast episode for you. We just got back from the NAC competition, which, if you did not know, is the first official ketogenic bodybuilding competition. It was held in Dallas, Texas this past weekend, and it was awesome. Brandon competed. I'm going to do a whole follow-up podcast with him. We're going to dive into all the details there. There was several speakers, of which I was one, and since it was the first ketogenic bodybuilding competition, I decided it fitted, fitting to present on ketogenic bodybuilding. So this podcast is a little bit different, shorter, and the audio is not near as good as most podcasts because it's just a um, it's the audio file from my presentation, basically. I dove into all things ketogenic bodybuilding. I touched on it from a pretty high-level view, but pretty informative for anybody wanting to be introduced to how to go about ketogenic bodybuilding. So definitely sit back, enjoy, see if you can learn something. Like I said, the audio is not stellar because there was a there's several vendor booths all within the same room, so there's quite a bit of background noise and just you know background talking. Hopefully that does not distract too much from the content. But again, this is a shorter podcast, just the audio file. It's also going to be published on YouTube, so if you'd prefer to see the video version, by all means check it out there. But nonetheless. It was an awesome experience. I had a lot of fun. Met a lot of great people. It was awesome to see the competitors on stage having achieved that look following a ketogenic protocol. So I'm happy and proud to be a part of it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Robert Sykes. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here. If I ever tell somebody, or somebody ever asked me, you can't build muscle on keto, I just point to Goody Beats, who's back there. By the way, man, I got some apparel up there. If you want a larger pair of shorts, I got you covered. <laughs> Goody Beats, call him Booty Beats. He's all about the base. All right, so I'm gonna talk about bodybuilding. When uh, Cody asked me if I wanted to be involved with this, you know, I'm, I'm a bodybuilder by trade. That's what I live and breathe. And having bodybuilding and a ketogenic diet in the same sentence means a lot to me. So I'm happy to be here. Sorry, my, the lighting's kind of weird. It's super hard to see that. Um, but happy to be here, proud to be here. Huge shout out to all the competitors that have worked to get here. Proud of all y'all. So, ketogenic bodybuilding. Let me give a little intro on me first. I started bodybuilding when I was 17 years old. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. There was no coach, there was no trainer. Didn't know what keto was, and I didn't have any equipment. I was training in my dad's shop with pieces of tractor equipment we had laying around. And I was following a standard bro diet, bodybuilding approach, eating six meals a day every two hours, lots of protein, lots of carbs, and minimal fat. And it was not good. I developed a bunch of eating disorders. I, I lost 70 pounds in three months. But when you get to that stage, weight loss alone is not the goal. I mean, your health should always be paramount. And I was very unhealthy. The eating disorders were on another level. I was depressed. I had body dysmorphia. Um, it's just not good. It's not good at all. And I won the competition, but in hindsight, it's like there's got to be a better way to do this. So I kind of stumbled upon the ketogenic diet by happenstance. I didn't know what I was doing. I was starting to do a carbohydrate backloading, John Kiefer's protocol, which is basically you know, keto during the day and then a bunch of carbs at night. And I noticed that I felt better before I introduced the carbs. So I just negated them completely and did basically carb backloading without carbs, which was keto. And I did this for two years, I believe. And then I'm like, you know what? I haven't competed in a while. I'm gonna try to do this ketogenic diet 
for a bodybuilding competition. And everybody I trained at the gym said it can't be done, you're gonna go flat, you're not gonna build muscle, you're not gonna get lean enough, it's not gonna work. I'm like, well, that may be so, but I feel pretty good, so I'm gonna give it a shot. And lo and behold, I got leaner than I've ever been before, and I won my bodybuilding pro carb following a strict ketogenic diet, and I felt amazing doing it. I didn't have any eating disorders, it was hard. Any diet that you're gonna do for a bodybuilding prep is gonna be hard because you're pushing yourself, but it's just a whole nother level much more sustainable than a traditional bodybuilding approach. Um, and since then, I've dedicated my life to informing others, yada, yada, yada. Um, so here is me when I was 230 pounds in a carb-dependent you know, protocol. Didn't feel good, had all kinds of eating disorders. It was just a tank, but not a good tank. And then here's when I was leaner. This is when I won my pro-carb, and this was you know, following a strict ketogenic approach. So. How, can y'all even see that? I can't see that hardly at all. Can we turn off lights or no? That's probably not a good thing. Oh well, I'll just, there we go. All right, so how to be a keto bodybuilder. All right, so first of all, you have to ask yourself, why do you want to be a bodybuilder in the first place? And for a lot of the competitors today, this was their first show. And if you sit and ask them what motivated them to do this, they'd probably say they wanted to prove to themselves that they could. And that's the truth for the most people that are wanting to do a bodybuilding show. I mean, if you look at society all in all, I feel like we've, it's safe to say we've gotten soft. I mean, we've gotten everything we need at our fingertips. We can order something on Amazon Prime and have it to us in two days. There's fast food on every corner. It's just, life is not really hard anymore when you compare it to what it was like hundreds of years ago when you're waking up not knowing if you're gonna live or die that day. Whereas a bodybuilding prep, it's like, it's a self-imposed hardship, but it's a necessary hardship because it makes you work really hard for something. It makes you push to the limit and see if you're capable. If you've gone through a transformation, you lost a whole bunch of weight, it's kind of like the pinnacle of that transformation, that transformational journey. So it's motivational there. And it's much more of a mental sport than a physical one. You know, it looks physical as you're here on stage showcasing your physical body, but the, the mental determination and mindset towards, you know, waking up every day, training every day, hitting your macros every day when you don't have to, it's all in the mind. Plus, every time you go through a competition prep, at least for me, I'm able to bust through any mental and physical and emotional plateaus I have in life. Like if I feel like I'm stagnant in life, going through a competition prep makes me hungry again. And I'm able to bust through any of those life plateaus. So I want to talk to you know, the whole concept how to do a bodybuilding prep with a ketogenic diet because I want, I want to kind of break down some of the nuts and bolts here for anybody that's interested in doing this. I feel like since this is the first ketogenic, official ketogenic bodybuilding competition, it's only fitting. So you want to establish a solid foundation, both physically, mentally, and emotionally before you start a prep. You know, if you're not in a comfortable place with how your self-image is, um, if you need some work there, if you're coming from a place of chronic caloric depletion where you're eating, you know, sub 1,000 calories, you don't have enough caloric runway from which to start from to taper your calories for a competition prep. So be self-aware and know where you're coming from at the onset. You may not need to do a competition prep if you're not ready for it. Um, and then make sure you get a good support system behind you. Like Crystal's been with me from day one on the competition, so make sure your family, your friends, whoever's going through this process with you is there for the right reasons. Uh, so before we dive into the nuts and bolts, I'm gonna cover some controversial topics. So keto versus carbs from a bodybuilding prep standpoint. When I did my competition, there was no 
other keto competitors. Like it was just me and they were all saying it couldn't be done and I was there to prove them otherwise. And I did prove them otherwise. When you're changing from carbs to ketones, you're totally switching your body's fuel source. And there's a lot that goes with that. From a metabolic and a hormonal standpoint, there's a lot that goes with that. And I, was, I saw the very bleak parts of following a carb-based protocol. And now that I've seen the light, so to speak, with a ketogenic protocol, I'm never going back. I mean, you just feel, it's, you feel better, it's more sustainable. I mean, you look at testosterone as one simple variable, for instance. If you're depleting your fat, as most competitors do in a standard protocol, you don't have the precursor to testosterone because cholesterol is a precursor to testosterone. You have to have the fat to get that. So from a simple hormonal standpoint alone, the ketogenic diet is much healthier for you when you're pushing your body through a prep. Uh, it's more muscle sparing. I mean, carbs are muscle sparing, yes, but so are ketones. And if you've got a really good ketogenic diet, well-formulated ketogenic diet, you're not going to burn a lot of muscle even as the calories drop. Um, so calorie counting versus instinctive eating is another kind of controversial topic. If you are healthy, you're happy with where you're at in life, by all means, be instinctive, be intuitive. That's, that's great. Everybody's goal should be able to sustain their nutritional protocol effortlessly as a lifestyle. However, when you're doing a competition prep, you're taking out all the variables, you're controlling for everything, and you're really trying to get dialed in for an extreme event because this is an extreme sport, then I highly encourage you to just control for as many variables as possible, and that includes counting and tracking your macros. Um, let's see here. All right, natural versus juiced up athletes. So you've got, you've got competitors, you've got a lot of bodybuilding shows, like the people at the Mr. Olympia that are competing for $400,000 purse prize for first place, they're not natural, okay? You see the people in the front magazines that look like somebody blew air into them, they're not natural, you know? And nothing against that, that's the life path they've chosen, and I'm not here to say that mine's better or worse. You know, I respect them for the work they put in. Me personally, I, I want to be in this space for the right reasons for my long-term health. Like, I want to be here to be able to play with my kids when I'm 80 years old. I want to be dead sexy when I'm 85, y'all. I'm just letting you know. You know, and I want other people to kind of be in this for the right reasons. And I feel like longevity and overall health and wellness is part of that. So me personally, I've not gone that route. So I compete as a natural athlete. Uh, strict keto versus targeted or cyclical. So quick disclaimer, I'm about to ruffle some feathers here. <laughs> When I first got into keto bodybuilding, there was no cyclical targeted. It was just carbs versus keto. And like I talked about it as in terms of I'm keto and they, they use carbs. And now it's got to a point where you've got people in the keto space that are using carbs, which again, not my place to say, more power to them. But I have to kind of be more tactful in how I manipulate and maneuver around conversations. And for me personally, I've, I've seen all the success I have with a strict ketogenic protocol. I haven't used targeted, I haven't used cyclical, more power to the people that like it, you know, go for it. But recognize that what really frustrates me is when the argument is said that you cannot perform at an optimal level unless you do use the carbs. And that is bullshit. All right. So this is my off season now. This was taken, I don't know, a couple months ago. This is the most recent picture I have. This is what I can sustain pretty effortlessly while eating 3,000 to 4,000 calories in a ketogenic off season stage. And this is where you wanna start before you do a competition prep. You have to have a building phase, a priming phase. This is where you're gonna be eating at a caloric surplus. Um, yeah, so caloric, sur caloric surplus, optimized for building, train hard, progressive overload, work hard, put, put in the work in the gym, and recognize that you're basically priming yourself 
to be pushed to the limit of what a contest prep entails. That's why you need to kind of ramp up calories, have a higher caloric runway to start from. Because if you're starting a contest prep and you're only taking in 1,200 calories, there's no room to go. Like you're gonna literally burn out, your metabolism and hormones are gonna shut down and you're gonna be done before you start it. So having a successful and intentional building and priming phase is key. All right, let's talk about getting shredded. So when, with regard to cutting, let's just lay a couple more ground rules here. A lot of people ask me, they say, hey, Robert, my primary goal is to build muscle and lose body fat. And I say, that's great. That's what everybody should want to do. But you kind of have to pick one or another. You have to go through phases, so to speak. Because building muscle and cutting body fat in an optimal, efficient way kind of compete for one another. So I always encourage people to have one primary objective, maximize on that, and then once you reach the goal with that, transition to the next. That's why you have a legitimate building phase and you transition to a legitimate cutting phase. You can't do both at the same time. So with regards to cutting, fat is your fuel. You wanna keep your fat ratio high. A lot of people say, you know, if your primary goal is to lose body fat, you can't have a whole bunch of dietary plate fat because you're not gonna be burning your stored body fat. Every time I've ever done a contest prep, and Brandon, he works with us, and he did a contest prep. He was at 82% of his calories coming from fat today and the whole prep. I mean, he had a very high fat ratio. I maintain a very high fat ratio. And my argument for that is this. When you become keto adaptive and you're truly keto adaptive, your primary fuel source is fat. The last thing you want to do when your body's being pushed to the limit in a contest prep is to take away its primary fuel source. So keep that fat ratio high and make other variables such as protein, carbs, and some fat, your most manipulated variables. When you switch to a cut, your primary objective is not to build muscle. So you don't have to have super high protein levels. You need to have high enough protein levels, but you don't, you don't want to be scared of protein, but you don't want to leverage protein to the point that it hinders your goals. Same thing with all macronutrients though. Make sure you've got enough protein for the goal at the time. Um, start with enough calories, kind of the same about the runway. Let's see here. All right, so I basically am gonna break cutting down into three phases. And I, this is kind of basically what the Deeper State Keto Protocol is, if you're familiar with that. It's also how I work with my clients, what's brand, what Brandon's done. What I found works really well with regard to cutting for a competition prep or just improving your body composition. So you're gonna have an initial cutting phase, which is you know, primarily focusing on establishing your protein, fat, and carbohydrate thresholds and figuring out where those are so you can manipulate from there. Personally, I like to start at a higher fat ratio of about 80% of your calories coming from fat. And then once you get that established, you know, track your macros, make sure you're getting that while intaking enough calories. And you're gonna gradually cut your calories, but you do that strategically. While you're starting at 80% of your calories coming from fat, slowly drop the fat down, five, 10 grams a week tops, while slowly increasing the protein up, five, 10 grams a week tops. As you do that, your protein ratio increases, your fat ratio decreases, and you're gonna figure out what your protein threshold is. If you pay attention to your body, you're gonna feel a difference as that protein raises and that fat decreases, and you're gonna know, based off the feedback your body's giving you, if you're feeling good, you're feeling poorly, or you're feeling more bloated, you have more mental clarity, more lethargy, you're just gonna feel one way or another. So hone in on that. And then, once you establish that, you can move on to phase two, which is about titrating total calories down both from proteins, fat, and carbs. Carbs pretty much stay low. I keep carbs at like 10, 20 grams total carbs, you know, tops 
throughout my off-season and my, and my cutting phase. But once you find your protein fat thresholds, you want to start titrating all calories down slowly while obviously doing the training and everything else. This is just nutrition here. There's going to be a whole bunch of factors at play, and it's not all about calories by any means. Hormones matter, uh, stressors matter, everything matters. But this is strictly talking about nutritional manipulations here. Keep carbs low throughout. Discipline and consistency is the name of the game. And then this, this is something kind of come up with, from full to flat to shredded. So when you're eating at a caloric surplus or a caloric maintenance, you, your, your body's filled out, your muscle glycogen's filled out, you feel strong, you feel stout, you feel good, you look good, you feel like your shirts. As you start cutting, that decreases a little bit. You start to feel flat, you start to feel small, you start to feel like you're just shrinking. And that's not really a desirable look. So people start to assume, okay, I need, I'm feeling flat, I need to have a whole bunch more carbs, and have like a big caloric surplus there. And while that sometimes is the case, more often than not, it's not, it's not the case. There's like a, a stage when you're cutting where you're just going to look flat, but you have to get through that phase in order to look shredded. Like for like two months ago, Brandon, as, as an example, he was looking flat no matter what he was eating. He just looked flat. He, he didn't really lose any strength, but he didn't really have the vascularity and the look that he had today. But he had to get through that phase in order to bring that crazy conditioning that you saw today. And if you don't allow yourself to push through that phase, you'll never reach what's on the other side, which is that shredded look. So once you do that, you transition to phase three. Phase three is kind of like the home stretch of a cutting protocol. And this is when you start to incorporate a little bit of a caloric, keto caloric refeed, they like to call them. So if you're at a really low caloric intake at this point, which you would be, your protein's gonna be pretty low at this point. I mean, everything's pretty low. This is when you're depleted. You can start to implement single day keto caloric refeeds to basically ramp up your hormones, ramp up your metabolism, give that satiety a, a, you know, a boost so that it makes this whole process a little bit more sustainable. And that one stimulus is enough change for the body to keep, keep moving, keep cutting body fat and keep improving. And this is also how you can kind of manipulate things to, to peak for a specific event. So like today was Brandon's competition. The day before, yesterday, we had a keto caloric refeed last night, which was basically a 35% increase in his calories from his weekly calories. And he was able to fill out and peak for today. A lot of people use it if they get like a, like a, a lift coming up, a powerlifting competition, something like that. They're trying to perform for a race. You can have that, that surplus in calories the day before to really push through the next day. All right, so reverse dieting is another thing. So all these competitors that competed today, this is what is about to commence, if you're smart. You know, you don't wanna just go off the rails and start eating everything in sight because a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this, after the competition, they like cut the ribbon of the finish line and there's no goal and they don't know what to do. They've been so disciplined for so long, so consistent for so long that there's nothing left for them and they start eating everything in sight and then they feel terrible. And then they have the mental crash, the psychological crash, the emotional crash, they feel poorly. So it's important to have a goal in mind. So reverse diet basically takes that place. Having a specific tangible goal post-competition to strive for. You basically wanna increase your calories gradually. All proteins, fats, not necessarily carbs, but proteins and fats and total calories, slowly ramp that up so your metabolism can ensue trend upwards as well. Um, so anybody that's competed today, you know, go out, have yourself a good time, eat a bunch of food, hopefully keep it keto. If you eat a bunch of carbs, you're probably gonna feel poorly. Um, so slowly increase the calories. And then reverse dieting 
transitions into that building and priming phase, and then that eventually transitions into another cutting phase. Basically, you're going to have a healthy ratio of how long you're in a caloric maintenance or surplus versus a cutting protocol. For me, I would recommend less, no less than a three to one ratio. So for every you know, three months you're building, one month you're cutting, except it's longer than that. I normally, like for me, as an example, I'm going to be cutting soon. I just did a competition in 2017 and I've been building ever since. So I give, you, I give myself plenty of time to let my metabolism and my hormones fully recover. All right, so how to structure sustainable building and cutting protocol. <clears throat> kind of what I was talking about, fully embrace for cutting, fully embrace for building. Recognize that there's defined phases and stages in your body compositional goals and maximize for each of those as opposed to trying to do them all at the same time. This is what that would look like as an illustration. So you've got metabolism in red, calories in gray, and body fat in blue. Say you're starting at around 2,500 calories you're gradually tapering that down. As your calories titrate down, your metabolism is gonna follow suit. So is your body fat. You're gonna hit this peak, or this valley rather, that's gonna be what this competition prep is, for instance. That's when your calories at the all-time low. You have to, in turn, increase things up, have them trend upwards. And then as you see, as you build and prime, that starting point where you wind up on this end of the map is higher than where you end up on that end of the map, except for the body fat. So basically what you're doing is each time you cycle through this, your caloric baseline, your metabolic baseline, your hormonal baseline improves each time you cycle through and your body fat is less each time you cycle through if you do it properly and give yourself enough time. That way you can improve your body's starting point and each time you cycle through you get better and better and better. Alright, so there's additional factors and variables at play here. I just focused on nutrition. Um, Back to basics, I want to touch on the training just a little bit. Danny's going to be speaking, I think after me, and he covers the training in a lot more depth. Um, I keep it pretty simple, I just train hard. I have a progressive overload. Um, I do a little bit of cardio when I'm doing a competition prep, but you don't want to just go totally out the, out the wall zoo with a whole bunch of cardio because that's basically going to need to show an inverse relationship from your calories. You know, you don't want to have cardio and calories both depleted because then there's nothing else to manipulate. Um, so that's what they got there. I put a couple pictures of my personal training split that I've found worked really well for me. Basically as a natural athlete, I found that if you have moderate you know, frequency, for me each muscle group gets stimulated like two or three times a week and I'm doing like a heavy hypertrophy split. So I'm hitting, some days are much heavier on, this, on a given muscle group and then other days are much more focused on hypertrophy, a little bit more volume, lighter weight, um, more repetition, focus on blood flow. But having a good, uh, you know, kind of overarching goal and then focusing on that and giving your body enough stimulus throughout is going to be the key to growing the muscle. All right, a couple other variables that matter, sleep quality. I'm not a very good sleeper, so I'm not a really good example there. but. Sleep quality definitely matters. I've been using the Aura Ring that tracks my sleep, so if you're interested in tracking the numbers, I highly encourage you to look into them. Stress obviously is a huge factor as well. You wanna make sure you're taking some time to disconnect, relax, unwind, and make sure you've got in moments to dis disconnect before you hit it hard for competition prep. Uh, so get more deeply adapted. If anybody knows me in the keto space, they know that I'm kind of more of the, the die-hard, strict keto person that's like, anti-everything else, <clears throat> and I don't necessarily want to be painted into a corner and have that image. I want to be known for simply encouraging people to have the mental and physical and emotional discipline and consistency through every single day of their life, that it truly becomes a lifestyle. 
You know, when you follow a ketogenic lifestyle and you have intention and you have a specific goal and you maximize for that goal, whether it be building or whether it be cutting, and you just give it your all every single day, you will get better. And that compounds exponentially over time. And if you try and constantly skip from one philosophy to the next and never let your body truly adapt, never let your mind truly adapt, you'll just tread water and make no progress. So always have a goal, always be pushing forward, and always be striving to be better. So, can you be a ketogenic bodybuilder? Well, I'd like to think that that question's been answered. Several people were here today on this stage. They looked amazing. They were all following a ketogenic protocol. Huge shout out to NACA and everybody here, Cody, for making this possible. I think that speaks volume. This was a small event. I hope it gets much, much bigger as the years come and people start to see bodybuilding and keto in the same sentence. <clears throat> Talk is cheap though. My personal guarantee. So I got something for you. I haven't competed since 2017. And I don't want to, I want, honestly when I competed I didn't have a following. I didn't have an audience. I had like three subscribers on YouTube and probably two on Instagram. And nobody saw the pictures I posted. Nobody listened to the podcasts I published. I recorded them all in my closet. It just wasn't good. Now I've got a little bit more of a, an audience, a little bit more of a foundation. And I want to take an opportunity to showcase what's possible with a, str a true, strict, deeply adapted ketogenic protocol for bodybuilding. So, you're hearing it here first. Next month, I'm gonna start my contest prep. I'm gonna compete next year in 2020. And I'm personally guaranteeing you that when I step on stage in 2020, I'm gonna be the freakiest, leanest, most shredded guy on that stage for people that are taking cars, for people that are in the keto space. I will not be beaten from that perspective. So, that's my personal guarantee, and I'm gonna do it all with a strict ketogenic protocol. Wait for it. And that's me. Awesome, thank you, thank you, Robert. And I love that guarantee, too. Yeah.